Welcome back to another episode of IVPN Voice. I'm your host, Mariam, and today, as you can tell by the title, we are talking about COVID-19. I'm so sorry. I know it's only episode two, but we do not shy away from the heavy topics here at IVPN. And we have to address this huge elephant in the room before we can move on to the fun lighter topics, right? Ironically, I am recording this as I am down with the flu. (laughs) It's not the vid, I tested negative, don't worry. But I think it fits for today's episode, so we're just going to keep it. It's only for the first few minutes. The rest of the episode was pre-recorded, so you won't have to deal with my sick voice after this. So we have two wonderful guests to share their thoughts and give us insights on the pandemic from the US and the UK. And we would actually love for you to share your stories from the pandemic so that we can provide a fuller perspective on pharmacists and the COVID crisis from around the world. So leave us a comment, shoot us an email, and we would love to talk to you about it. Before we talk to our guests, um, our co-host Ahmed sends an apology for missing today's episode. He had a last-minute change of shifts and unfortunately could not make it, but he's always here in spirit. So, our guests for today are Shadi Butros from the UK, lead clinical pharmacist of surgery and orthopedics at NHS Tayside. Thank you, Mary. It's, um, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invite um, to be with you and to take part in this podcast. And I'm really looking forward and excited to um, share, learn and um, exchange ideas around this very important and exciting topic um, that is part of our um, profession pharmacy. Um, I am Shadi Botros, uh, and as you and probably a lot of your listeners have probably gathered by now, um, I am Egyptian by background. Um, I lived and trained in New Zealand. Um, and that makes me a Kiwi. Kiwis are the people that are from New Zealand are called Kiwis. Um, I graduated from uh, the University of Otago in 2000 with a Bachelor of Pharmacy. Um, and I moved to the UK in 2005. Um, I then gained a Master's in Prescribing Sciences from Robert Gordon University in 2011. Um, and I currently hold the post of um, lead clinical pharmacist for surgery and critical care in one of the big teaching tertiary hospitals here in Scotland. Um, I'm also an independent prescribing pharmacist, and um, I have a great passion for um, not just pharmacy as a profession, but certainly for quality improvement and patient safety specifically. Um, and I've held a number of national posts um, in this regard, both here in the Scotland and also internationally with um, the Institute of Healthcare Improvement, also better known as IHI. And it's through that engagement, actually, that I was very privileged uh, and very lucky to have multiple visits to the Gulf region in the past to work with and collaborate with friends and colleagues um, in the fields of patient safety. Um, at a personal level, away from pharmacy, I, um, I'm sadly not uh, talented in any of the artistic talents. I don't play music. I don't draw. Um, so I certainly always resort to sport as my outlet for leisure and relaxation. Um, so although I'm a Kiwi and New Zealand is one of the uh, best rugby playing nations in the world, um, unfortunately, I am too small. I'm not built to play rugby. So I usually play squash and I've recently taken up um, judo and field hockey. Um, as a sport uh, to play as well. And Ghalib Abbasi from the US, 
pharmacy informatics director at Houston Methodist Hospital System, a veteran Ivy Pioneer, and actually one of the IVPN Network founding fathers, if you will. Yeah, this is Radha uh, Bastian. Thank you for having us on this uh, podcast, Mariam, and uh, welcome Shadi as well. Uh, I'm not as uh, professional as Shadi is with, with rugby and, and the Kiwi sports over there, <laughs> but I can... I can tell you that you know uh, I'm, I'm an avid uh, biker. Actually, I, I love biking, um, and uh, you know basically the outdoor sports uh, intrigue me all the time. Um, I've been in my uh, uh, in practice for roughly almost like 20 years, and uh, my area of focus is the uh, area of pharmacy informatics. My current role is a system director of pharmacy informatics at Houston Methodist Health System located in Houston, Texas, uh, in the Texas Medical Center. That's the largest medical complex in the world, actually. And uh, I've been in, in the informatics field for the past almost like a decade and a half, I would say, uh, dealing with uh, different aspects of this, uh, mostly innovation and uh, clinical decision support and interoperability and uh, uh, artificial intelligence, all these kind of things. Um, my involvement with IVPN actually started from the day of inception back in 2012 uh, when the first IVPN uh, network has been established. I was probably one of the first 10 people who was joining that network. And then uh, I was also privileged to join the first IVPN conference in Abu Dhabi in uh, 2015. Uh, that was the first time that this conference was held physically there. Um, and I know it, it happened uh, once a year since then. Um, so, uh, yeah, I graduated from the University of Iowa and I uh, practiced in several aspects in the United States, uh, uh, hospital, uh, a little bit in community before that, and then uh, industry and then hospital. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell over there, Maria. So I think the big question that we should ask is, how has 2020 changed the way pharmacists work? So has anything changed in the typical day of your work? Sure, I'll, I can take that one. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, so COVID-19 is, is definitely like a different like beast over here. And, mm. uh, you know, we our, our lives, uh, I, I, keep, I keep saying that probably uh, not, not changed dramatically only, but probably changed for a very long time and uh, perhaps forever. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just a. Uh, it's interesting how how the impact of, of this pandemic has been the healthcare workers and the way how we do business in general. So, uh, for pharmacists in specific, I think if you compare uh, post COVID to pre COVID, uh, you know you probably probably aren't going to expect pharmacists to come every day wearing masks like to the to the hospital for pharmacy. Sure. Uh, you probably won't expect them to practice social distancing during like the, the, the like regular like day-to-day -day activities most of the meetings that are now are done maybe like online or remote uh, conference rooms are limited in capacity uh, delivery of medications um, and the availability of certain provisions have been impacted for sure um, so for example when you uh, dispense certain medications to, to patients and let's say you have like a return on these medications back to the pharmacy um, those returns are not processed in the same way as when it was pre-COVID. Uh, right now, basically, those, those medications are, are being disposed of technically because you don't want to spread the infection. 
there has been involvement of pharmacists in many aspects in, uh, in, the, in the pandemic. And, uh, you know, we can discuss more throughout the podcast here. Sure. Thank you. Uh, Shadi, do you want to add anything? Um, I, I really, uh, I agree with Ghalib. I think, although I think on, on, on face value, the, the main role of pharmacy hasn't really changed. You know, we, we still focus on the provision of safe, effective and efficient pharmaceutical care to our patients. I think what the pandemic did is it really challenged us to, to rethink our norms, to rethink what we do, why we do it. And like Ghalib said, more importantly, actually, how can we do it differently? Um, and I think when you look at things, for example, like drug shortages, like Ghalib was talking about, you know, pharmacy is no stranger to, to drug shortages. And we've got good experience in how we can manage that. But it, we've never really experienced it, for example, at that scale before. You know, it was almost a perfect storm. You know, most of the active pharmaceutical ingredients, most of the raw materials and the manufacturing were all concentrated around China and India. And, and what COVID did, unfortunately, is quarantine the workforce. It disrupted um, you know, transportation and distribution of, of these raw materials. Um, and it was even compounded with sort of almost an export ban. And we kind of sort of found ourselves at a time where there was really, really high increased demand for medicines, also coupled with a significantly reduced supply of medicines. And that really forced pharmacy to continue to do what it does best, which innovate and find new ways to, to do what we do, which is, for example, maintain that sort of uninterrupted delivery and provision of medicines. So innovation for me was a big thing and in terms of how we um, change the way we do business in 2020. And I think it's, it's important to remember also that we did that with a backdrop of significant staffing shortages. You know, we, we had a lot of our colleagues um, not sort of able to come into the workforce either because of sickness or because of self-isolation. And that obviously meant that we also had to multitask in a lot of things that we were doing. And also we had to have a lot of resilience because like Ali was saying, this was actually ongoing for a while and it will continue to be ongoing for a while. So for me, what 2020 changed for pharmacists mainly is it's really defined how we do business in, in pharmacy in terms of innovation, multitasking, and resilience. Like Ali was saying, on a day-to-day -day sort of level, there's a lot of things that we're doing now that we've never done in the past. For example, I'm having to work in scrubs now every day. I'm not used to that. I didn't do that in the past. Ghalib and I sort of lead teams in our own organizations. I have to review staff shortages almost on a daily basis. You know, we didn't have people absent every day, but now it's not uncommon to have somebody absent from the team on any given day. And we need to find plans and contingency plans to mitigate that. Um, we have to constantly adapt and be flexible to the demands and the pressures within the organizations that we work with. Um, I work in critical care. You know, I now have to learn how to be comfortable for working in long hours in full PPE. Um, and at the end of the day, when we all go home after a long, hard day, we have to really pose and be conscious not to have any physical contact with our loved ones until we're completely changed and showered. So it, it's really changed a lot in what we do both professionally and in our personal lives as well. Yeah, that's very true. So um, a lot of it is similar to what's happening here as well in the UAE. There's um, We all are sharing this uh, experience, I think. And it, it's, it comes with its challenges. But um, this is a perfect segue into my next question. Um, so what do you think were the opportunities created for pharmacists during this 
yeah, pandemic. Yeah, I think the biggest uh, opportunity here was to show support to the medical teams who are fighting COVID. That's like the, the biggest opportunity that I think uh, pharmacy uh, has increasingly shown in it and shown uh, has shown, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, the way how, how we can actually intervene effectively in this. I'll, I'll give an example over here. Mm-hmm. Um, during the, and, and uh, Shadi actually came up with, with a great example of drug shortages. And, you know, when we talk about this, you talk about, uh, um, for example, inhalers that were, like, for example, given for, for patients. Um, now, the inhalers, now, you've you got to be careful with this because um, not only the, the shortage impacted uh, the distribution or the system that, that we have in here for supply chain, but also the way how the hospital or hospitals may not have enough supplies to provide for patients um, and for these patients even to take their prescriptions uh, without a, a preliminary inhaler to go to an outpatient pharmacy to find that inhaler and dispenser. So what we end up doing actually, we end up relying on technology. We end up actually finding a, a way from a local university. We work with the College of Engineering with it to provide like 3D prints of these inhalers, like the spacers actually. So uh, that, that, was, that was a pharmacy initiative that, that happened in there that actually solved the problem of, of drug shortage. It's not a drug exactly, it's more like a, a tool that, that, that's used for a drug. But the pharmacy was pivotal to provide that solution. Uh, you know, the, uh, the opportunities arose also more when, you know, when the uh, emergency use authorization happened, at least in the United States, for Lindisivir or the, the drug of, uh, of choice, at least right now, for, uh, for, uh, for COVID. And, you know, basically uh, ensuring the supply chain integrity, in this case, was, was very important. Uh, basically, you need to report all these uh, utilizations to the, you know, to the state, to the federal level, all these kind of things. And pharmacy was the owner of this. Um, pharmacy was also the owner of a lot of, like, telepharmacy opportunities here. Meaning that, you know, if you need like to counsel your patients um, on their medications, now you actually need to do it in a, in a smarter way. Meaning like you need to maybe create like a video conference uh, by like let's say an iPad or, or what have you. Um, and that actually expanded the role of the pharmacist beyond what's even before COVID because now everyone will, will be using the, these, these tools for consultation. So we expanded the, the pharmacist role instead of being like in-house and maybe like for immediate post-discharge to much larger than that. And I think that, the, you know, the COVID, you know, being a bad thing or a good thing, I think it created these opportunities very well for our pharmacists. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think this telehealth um, trend will continue to uh, happen even beyond COVID-19. It's... Uh, it it's certainly proved to be very useful to a lot of people and not just people who are social distancing and are trying to self-isolate. Uh, thank you. So, um, Shadi, do you have anything to add? Do you have any thoughts on opportunities that were created? Uh, Gallup is definitely, uh, you know, covered a lot of that. I think it's mm-hmm. certainly to do with our ability, like I said, to innovate and adapt and be flexible to support not just the wider um, team that we work in, but the organization and the public health agenda that was coming out. I think, you know, pharmacists are always known as the experts of medicines. And really this was, you know, COVID provided us with, with a unique opportunity for us to really capitalize on that, to really 
you know, show our, our ability to use that skill for the benefit of the patients that we serve and the organizations and the teams that we belong to. So Gallup spoke about innovation and, and sort of IT, certainly within the hospital pharmacy sector, for example. We were able to review, you know, patients' medication and switch therapies and, um, you know, rationalize and prioritize supply to maintain that regular uninterrupted access to medicines. You know, we were able to innovate ways of drug ordering and drug delivery so that we can reduce uh, footfall within clinical areas and reduce the risk of transmission. Um, you know, we were able to support other staff in terms of education and training because there's a lot of staff that were deployed from their normal roles to do with scheduled care to support the COVID unscheduled care of the organization. Um, and we, you know, pharmacy played a big role in just writing protocols and educational material and actually training some of these staff to be effective and safe in the role. So I think certainly COVID gave us an opportunity to really showcase why we are known as the experts on medicines and how we can actually do that. And we do it really, really well. And so our sort of uh, unique selling point, that's our position within the multidisciplinary team, if you like. Okay. So in relation to pharmacy, what do you think your region did well in handling this whole situation? So we were supposed to have a guest from the UAE so that we can have the different point of views from different parts of the world, but unfortunately she couldn't make it today. But um, so Europe versus the US. I'm not going to say who handled the situation better, but... What do you think your region did well? Um, I, I can go first if you like. So I sure. think, like all other regions, I think the pandemic dictated that no matter where you are, the mm. pandemic really dictated rapid transformation of services at a time of immense pressure. And I genuinely believe that the pandemic provided pharmacy with a powerful endorsement um, to show the commitment and the professionalism of pharmacy and pharmacy teams across all the different regions. I personally was quite amazed um, at the degree of resilience, flexibility, and responsiveness, really, that was shown by the profession. You know, our ability to embrace and implement innovation and change at, at a large scale in a very short period of time was, was quite fascinating, actually. Things that usually would have taken months and years to plan and implement, you know, we were able to do in a matter of days. And I think that was a generic picture um, across all the different regions. Certainly for for Europe and, and maybe the UK specifically, uh, there's probably a few things that certainly stood up for me in terms of how we did really well in terms of pharmacy here in the UK, for example. Um, we had very close engagement between us as a profession, our regulator and our professional bodies and the government. And, and that sort of level of ongoing open communication proved really, really useful and really, really important because we were able to implement some really timely amendments to regulations and laws regarding things like the ordering and supply of controlled drugs, um, you know, reuse of medicines, education and training. And that really, really came loud and clear for us as a nation uh, during the pandemic. Certainly, pharmacy showed a lot of flexibility and agility in terms of working between boundaries, and certainly, you know, pharmacists from hospital were supporting colleagues in community pharmacy to maintain that sort of regular uninterrupted access to medicines, but also across specialities and disciplines. You know, if, if some of the surgical scheduled care um, sort of pathways were being suspended during COVID, a lot of these pharmacy teams were then retrained and redeployed to support um, colleagues within the uh, other COVID pressurized areas within the, within the hospital as well. And certainly here, here in the UK, we really, really had a really big push in terms of upskilling 
our pharmacy technician colleagues, you know, we really did a lot of work to support them and sort of be able to allow them to develop and take on other multiple roles so that we can skill mix within the pharmacy team. And by doing that, we were able to release capacity for the pharmacists to go and take on additional clinical roles, which in turn released skill mixing and, and workforce capacity within the wider multidisciplinary team so that we can release our colleagues in terms of, you know, doctors and nurses to go on and, you know, do other um, duties for the uh, COVID sick patients as well. So these sort of the three, four main things that certainly stood out for me here as a region certainly within Europe and within the UK in terms of how we handled the pandemic, if you like, from a pharmacy perspective. Thank you. Yeah, and, uh, I, I agree on that, Shadi. I think that that was... That was the same trend also we saw in the United States as well. We, I, mean, I think the, the best two words that would describe this uh, are what you indicated, resilience and agility. This, this is just, this was the, uh, the way how pharmacy in, in general like, has responded to the pandemic. And I think, uh, you know, typically like the media and uh, most of the time, like, you know, would, would probably focus on uh, the frontline workers, uh, basically like you're looking at physicians and, and nurses, I'm not sure if the pharmacy would get enough attention to what they actually do. Um, although the pharmacy are kind of like the backbone of the, uh, you know, drug supply chain here. So basically, you know, you're looking now at, at the, uh, at the pharmacy being actually the, uh, moderator of, uh, whatever medications are needed to either like treat or prevent the pandemic. Um, I think the, you know, the pharmacy has situated itself very well into the algorithm of response. And at any time, the, uh, there's any uh, you know decision on like where where to move the needle on uh, creating whether like more more control of, of the pandemic through PPEs or through medications. Pharmacy is, uh, has been always like a uh, you know a pivotal part of the table, and uh, I think that that has been uh, uh, validated very clearly during the pandemic and the past couple of months. Uh, what I also want to say is the pharmacy will continue to, to have a major role in this in this pandemic. Now, especially that we're talking about the COVID vaccine that's going to be coming up perhaps in the next maybe like weeks or months or, or you know, whenever it's available. Uh, there are actually increasing talks about pharmacists involved into the vaccination process. As a matter of fact, the pharmacists not only may end up being vaccinating patients if, if needed, um, they actually may, uh, will need to end up reporting the vaccinations, uh, the vaccines that are given to uh, to the state and, and federal level, at least in the United States, uh, to keep track of uh, who, who received what at some point. And those vaccines uh, will, will make the pharmacy for sure like busy for a while. Because I think the uh, the most recent news I've heard about the vaccine is that it's going to be uh, most likely given in two doses. Uh, and these doses will probably be spread apart by whether like three or four weeks to be effective. Pharmacy will have a role in tracking, storage, and administration um, of these vaccines. So I, I think the role of pharmacy in general is going to expand regionally um, as we move uh, forward with this. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we're coming on to 30 minutes. Uh, surprisingly, this talk seemed a lot shorter, but all the points mentioned and discussed on today's episode are definitely inspiring and encouraging to pharmacists, upcoming pharmacists, students, or people who are already well off in their careers for the profession of pharmacy. That's usually, I don't want to say marginalized, but 
is not given the attention it deserves. So thank you so much for sharing all those incredible points with us. And we look forward to having you on future episodes, if you would like. But thank you. Do we have any closing remarks? Um, I, I may just add a comment, if, if I can, just before I go, Mariam, because mm-hmm. I think one of the questions we asked about the opportunities that COVID has opened for mm-hmm. us as a pharmacy profession, and I know that maybe um, certainly the UK, and I'm, I'm sure in Gallup can, can probably relate to that in the US to some degree or to a large degree, um, we have the opportunity of pharmacists, uh, you know, becoming independent prescribers. And I think one of the th- one of the opportunities I see, I saw, I, and I experienced firsthand here in the UK is that, um, you know, the the pandemic gave us an opportunity to shed a, a very very bright light on um, the opportunities for pharmacies to to sort of uh, use their unique clinical skills within the multidisciplinary team, especially when it comes to prescribing. And we continue to advance that here in the UK in terms of supporting outpatient clinics and supporting prescribing within the acute sector as well, um, if not in some regions within community pharmacy in terms of long-term conditions. And I genuinely hope that the other regions will continue to explore and advance that aspect of our professional development of pharmacists. I think pharmacists are we need to become prescribers. That needs to be the norm, not the exception, because, like I said, we're the experts in medicines and we have a lot to offer to patient care and to our colleagues within the multidisciplinary team and to healthcare systems as a whole um, to sort of optimize that use of medicines for us and for our patients. And I think it's an opportunity that we hopefully will not miss um, as we continue to manage this pandemic moving forward. I completely agree with you. And I think... um, Different regions in the world will um, witness this change, maybe in a world post-COVID-19 where success stories are shared about roles of pharmacists and um, the potential of uh, the pharmacy profession. And hopefully that drives the change in regulations in order to give uh, pharmacists more uh, autonomy and independence in terms of uh, prescribing. So that's a very important point that you brought up. Thank you. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for our lovely guests for sharing their perspective and their thoughts. And we look forward to hearing your thoughts on the matter. And until next time, Stay safe and take care.